If you're just now joining us online, uh, we're glad to have you with us this morning. Uh, we appreciate you doing that. We've already had a great time in the house of the Lord. Look forward to the time that you can come and be a part of everything that goes on in this place. It's fun together with the family of God, and it is edifying together with the family of God. And it is just uh, an encouraging time when we meet as God's people, as God's family. So we look forward to you being with us. I'm a hunter. You know I'm a hunter. And it, uh, it gives you a perspective on things maybe that you don't, uh, that other people who don't hunt wouldn't have. And one of the things that I hear, as we've already talked about, I talk to a lot of people about what's going on in America right now in the middle of what would seem to be upheaval. And sometimes we think, boy, wickedness is just ruling and reigning. And then we get a surprise like we did this week, you know, with the Supreme Court. We go, wow, uh, somebody valued human life. And that is amazing. Um, I've, I've been amazed at the way it's been covered in the media. And this is just a side note. This is just one of those things I just have to say um, because of the time that we're in right now, this week with all this. Uh, every, my wife has put me onto a term called gaslighting. Everybody familiar with what that is? Okay, yeah, well, um, if you're listening to a, a, a source and they're not giving you information, but all they're giving you is an interpretation, you need to be careful. Matter of fact, you need to find another source. Because all I hear anywhere in the liberal news is this. Women's health care issues, women's health care now is just going giant steps backwards. Since when was killing babies a part of health care? Let's just call it what it is. That's not a part of health care. Health care would be getting the baby and the mother through it alive. That's health care. Okay? So what we're, we're doing is not looking at the facts and letting you people make a decision. We're telling you it's all about individual rights. Be careful if your news source doesn't understand or take into consideration the human life that's being sacrificed. If they never mention it, you need to find another news source, people. And that's the truth. And you don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure that out. You just have to have one of these books. And you can save yourself a lot of misery and you can weed through a lot of news and find a lot of truth if you get one of these and read it. Isn't it true? I have really been just discouraged at the lies that the media has fed us. No information disseminated in such a way that they give you the opportunity to make the choice. It's scary because I believe people are very easily influenced and it's just scary. So anyway, I want you to be on your toes and you to be alert. Now, all that said, as I talk to older people, especially about what's happening in America, they tell me this all the time. Just be still and wait. God's doing something. Just sit down for a minute and wait. Are you good at sitting and waiting? Huh? How did you do when you were a kid in time out? That's it. That's it. Time out. You know, here you go. 
My dad never really did time out. He didn't like that. He had another method. <laughs> I think it worked really well. <laughs> and the thing about it, it didn't hang over your... You know, my, I don't think my dad ever even grounded me. He just wanted it done in an instant, you know. So he took care of it. People said, you get spanked? Only till I was 18. I mean, yeah, that's not true, but you get the idea. Yeah. How do you know it didn't do any good? Oh, I thought you said, and it didn't do any good. You, you don't know what a mess I would have been if he hadn't have done it. I mean, I'm just, just if this is where I'm at, right? It might have done lots of good. Okay. Yeah, that's his word when he doesn't agree. Rainwater, you're just telling a lie. Ooh, that's good. That's what, I'm going to start doing that now when I see the news. Rainwater, rainwater. Yeah. This, is, this is my kids in timeout. Have you ever seen Josiah in timeout? Hmm. This is him. <laughs> Not, right? Okay. Fidgeting everywhere, moving around, can't wait to get up, looking at everything on the wall and the ceiling, right? Is that how we wait? You know, I have a little different concept about this passage of Scripture. Psalms 46.10, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen and I will be exalted in the earth. And the reason I have a different view of this and I can step into being quiet and to being still a little bit better than most is because I'm a hunter. Think about that for a minute. When you're hunting, you're still. When you're hunting, you're quiet. And yet... Every one of your senses is on high alert. True? I'm sitting there and I'm still and I'm quiet, but I have an objective. And that objective is to get the biggest buck possible in my freezer and the biggest wreck possible on my wall. Because I have kids and I am not going to be outdone. Am I right? And now I got son-in-laws in that competition too. And people say... All kinds of bad things about that, you know? I don't care, all right? I'm a hunter. That's what I am. Been that way since I was a kid. Don't see it changing. When I'm sitting in that situation of stillness in the woods, everything is on high alert. I notice the breeze patterns in the grass. I know we're in my game is most likely to come from and whether or not I need to move. I watch the rustle in the trees. I can hear a leaf fall to the ground. Have you ever heard a leaf fall to the ground? You have if you're a hunter. I've heard the crack of a leaf under a foot. I've heard the breaking of a branch in the woods. I've watched the tree move just enough to know that a little buck was pushing on it. Way in the distance. I can actually hear, well, can't anymore. Used to could hear the wings of a bird in the air. True, hunters? Is it true? There is, thank you, Jamie. I've got one amen. Harold said yes. Some of you know, right? And I'm just starting to get started. 
I'm not talking about what you're doing with your gaze. I'm not talking about what you're doing with binoculars. I'm not, I mean, when I'm sitting still, people, I'm in tune. Are you with me? Be still and know I am God. You're not, you're not doing this. Dude, you are in tune in that moment. I am all in in that moment. I am focused in that moment. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in all the earth. And when I am tuned in, dialed in, in that moment of being still with God, I am equally tuned in to how God is exalted and going to be exalted in this world. The first part of that verse, know that I am God. I see it, I know it, I'm in tune with it. Why? Because I am looking for it with that kind of intensity. Just like I'm a looking for that buck, I am a looking for God. Be still and know that I am God. Now, did it just get easier to be still? It does, doesn't it? It does. This is an all-in thing. This isn't a sit down for two minutes and read your Bible thing. This isn't a, a, a five-minute prayer before you leave in the morning. This is an all-in thing. And I sat down with that cup of coffee in the morning with the Lord, and that hour turns into two and sometimes three, and it ain't long enough. And then when you get up to walk into the day, what happens? You're still in tune. I sat there under that tree. I'm sitting in that stand. Can't stand it anymore. I see something rustling in the distance. I got to go to it. I go to it in same stealth mode. All in. Looking every step of the way. Jim Coble, one of the best hunters I ever went with. One of the slowest hunters I ever went with. He took it all in. He would see things that I didn't see. How you walk through this world. Walking through this world in stealth mode, being still, is an attitude. Think about it. Being still and knowing that I am God. I'm, I'm really starting a series here. I don't know how long I'll go with it. But what do you do right now in these times? Preparing for what's coming. The first thing I think we need to do is what all these old people are telling me. Be still and know I'm God. I think this is where we need to start. So what does that look like in a practical way? Here's some suggestions. Read the word of God. I mean, really think about it. You got to read the manual. You're never really going to know God except in a very limited fashion unless you open the book. Now, if you don't want to know God, it's no big deal. You don't want to hunt and kill a buck. That's okay. You know, you're going to stumble onto one every now and then. I get that. And you're going to stumble onto a truth every now and then. But if you want to be good at it, what do you got to do? You got to, you, you've got to get to know some things from the manual. And God has revealed himself right here. If you think for one minute that you are being still and knowing that he is God and you're never opening this, you're deceiving yourself. 
You agree with that? It's not going to happen. It's amazing how many people we can't get to open the book. I'm glad there are not any of them here. Psalms 119.97. Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. Your commands make me wiser than my enemies. For they are ever with me. I have more insight than all my teachers, for I meditate on your statutes. Well, if you're going to college, that ought to be a word for you. I have more understanding than the elders, for I obey your precepts. I have, more, I have kept my feet from every evil path so that I might obey your word. I have not departed from your laws, for you yourself have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste. Sweeter than honey from, uh, to my mouth. I gain understanding from your precepts. Therefore, I hate every wrong path. Your word, it's a lamp to my feet. It's a light to my path. There is no way that you can spend too much time in God's word. No way. We're not going to see God with any kind of maturity at all. Unless we open the book. If we're going to be still, one of the things we got to do is open the book. No excuse. No ifs, ands, or buts. If we're not in the Word of God, we're not there. You have just greatly impeded your growth and your spiritual maturity. Open the book. Second thing, pray. Now, I believe intentional prayer leads to perpetual prayer. Don't know that I have a verse for that. Matter of fact, I know I don't have a verse for that. If you've got a verse for that, give it to me after the service, all right? Intentional prayer leads to perpetual prayer. It just seems like when I do things with intentionality, eventually I can do them in a different fashion. Uh, when I started tying my shoe, I had to do that with intentionality, you know? Okay, got it, got it. Now I can just, in a perpetual way, you know? I can tie a tie the same way. You know, there are things that if we just do habitually that we get or intentionally, we get to a point that they become perpetual and habitual for us, right? And even in military training, that's what they do. They try to run you through something so routinely and rotely that it just becomes your response in a given situation. I've got several folks that I know going through uh, police training or just recently have and there is that repetition there I know kids in the military going through that there's a repetition that's there things that they want you to get so that you just do right so if you're intentional about a thing at some point you begin to be perpetual about it habitual about it I don't think you're going to be a perpetual habitual prayer unless you're intentional about it first it always starts with developing a prayer book, setting aside a time, sitting down with God and saying, I'm going to talk to you today. And eventually, if you do that enough, you'll get to a point where you'll say, now I'm done talking. I'm going to listen to you a little bit. Most people never get to the phase <clears throat> where they listen to God. They're still at the I'm here to tell you what I think today, God. And that's good. He wants to know. He wants to hear. 
You set aside a time. You meet with the Lord. You've got a prayer book. You cover a few things. You do that intentionally day after day after day. And pretty soon you'll be talking to God all through your day. As that prayer time expands, so does the habit of prayer in your life. Again, what are you doing? You're walking through the woods with all your senses in tune. And you have trained yourself to be in communication with God all the time. And so you're evaluating every situation around you from the standpoint of knowing God and this communication now that you have going on with God. Everything changes. So we're going to read the word. We're going to get into prayer. Let's read a couple of verses on prayer. 1 Peter 4, 7, the end of all things is near. Therefore, be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. Now, you have any idea why I included that one this morning? You heard anybody say lately, the end is near? Big deal. Be clear-minded, self-controlled, pray. Matter of fact, if you think the end is near, then you really do need to be clear-minded, self-controlled, and pray, right? Okay, you're not near as impressed with that verse as I was. I can see that. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. That's His will. People run around, I just don't know what God's will is for my life. Get a Bible, read it, and pray. Start there. Colossians 4.2, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. That's the hunter prayer right there, isn't it? Watchful. And the minute that buck goes down, we're grateful, baby, right? Watchful, thankful in prayer. You pray better when you're aware of, aware of your surroundings, when you know what's going on. When you have wisdom from God's perspective, you pray better. There are some people I just like to pray with because they got a different perspective. We, I was praying with Croy two weeks ago and I thought, boy, I never thought of it that way. I didn't tell you that. I'm not going to, you know, you got enough problems with ego as it is. But, uh, <laughs> but I thought, wow, you know, that, that's right. I hadn't even looked at that situation from that way. Different perspective. You have a different perspective, don't you? When you're alert to the ways of God, when you're walking through the forest, looking at how God's working in your world, you have a different way that you pray. Alert to what His kingdom is doing, His kingdom come, His will being done here on earth as it is in heaven, you pray differently. Don't you love being in prayer meetings with those people? I saw a few heads like this. I'm like this. I don't understand that. Yes, you want to pray what you want instead of what God wants, right? Okay. Here's another one, Ephesians 6, 18. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert. Always keep on praying for all the saints. Pray also, Paul says, for me, that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. For I'm an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. What a prayer. If I could have you pray one prayer for me, that would be it. 
Luke 18.1, then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. You get to the point you think, I just need to give up, that's the time you need to pray. You got anything in your life you think you just don't want to give up on? That's the time you should pray. There it is. Don't give up, pray. You got somebody you want to give up on? Don't give up, start praying. So what do you do when you're still? What do you do when you're waiting on the Lord? You pray. The next part's the hardest part, I think, for us sometimes. In stillness, we need to be doing some honest introspection and just trying to get usable. Now, let me explain that to you from Timothy. There are three, there are three key words in this that I want you to see, and I'll point them out as we go through, but... I'm just going to read this whole passage. 2 Timothy 2.20. In a large house, there are articles, not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for noble purposes, some for ignoble. If a man cleanses himself from the latter, he will be an instrument of noble purpose, made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to every good work. Now, I probably should have read farther back so that you would see some of the things he's saying that you need to cleanse yourself from, but you'll get an idea here. He said, flee the evil desires of youth, pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments because you know they only produce quarrels and the Lord's servants must not quarrel. Okay. Instead, he must be kind to everyone, able to teach, and not resentful. We could ponder that one a while. Those who oppose him, he must just yell at them and scream and holler. Well, I like that version better. He must gently instruct. So I guess that phrase that I hear so many Christians use, you're just too stupid for me to talk to, probably not a good one to lead with. Gently instruct. In the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth. Boy, if you could keep that in focus, it would help you with the other end, wouldn't it? What am I doing here? Well, I'm gently instructing in the hope that I can convince them and they will... No, 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 you read the verse wrong. I'm doing this gentle instruction with the hope that God will grant them repentance. You got to leave room for God to do His work, for the Spirit to do His work. But He doesn't do His work through an angry voice very well. Gentle instruction so that God can do his work. Grant those people for repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth that they might find forgiveness, this place with God, and that they will come to their senses, escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. Wow. Can you see the picture? It's like you're the one on the outside 
and they're the one in the prison, and you're rattling the doors, and you have the key, and somehow or another you've opened the door, and you're just hoping they got enough sense to walk out. And it's only God that can give them the wisdom when you've rattled the cage and, and shake the door so that they can come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil. He's got them deceived. He has them ensnared. And it's only by the grace of God that you're not there. And we need to, need to be the instruments of truth, that truth to this world who has taken them captive to do his will. You ever been captive to do his will? This is not a good place to be. I've been there just long enough to know I don't want to be there again, and it's not some place I want anybody else to be. I think lots of, of Christians have their foot on the clutch. They're going nowhere because they're comfortable in the world. I'm talking to Christians here. There are a lot of people who don't come to Christ because they're comfortable in the world. They're trying to have their cake and eat it too. The Christian is. He wants the things of the kingdom of God, but he wants the things of the world too. And for a long time in America, we've been able to do that. The Christian life and this uh, prosperity gospel have just kind of worked hand in hand together. And all of a sudden that's crumbling. <clears throat> people want the walk with Jesus Christ that costs them nothing. They want to be in, a wor in the world and they want to be in Christ Jesus at the same time. Is that even possible? No, it won't work. You know it and I know it. It doesn't work. Why? Why do you know it? Not only because the Bible says it, but because you've tried it. And so have I. 1 John 2 and 15. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes, the boasting of what he has and does comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires are passing away, but the man who does the will of God lives forever. This is just the word of God, people. This is just the truth. Dear children, this is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now, many Antichrists have come. And this is how we know it's the last hour. They went out from us because they did not really belong to us. If they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going out showed that none of them belonged to us. Three key words in that Timothy passage. Cleanse ourselves. Make ourselves a useful, useful vessel for the master by fleeing youthful desires pursuing righteousness cleanse by fleeing by pursuing how does that relate to the world we've got to walk off from the things of this world that are enticing us and pursue pursue the things of god's kingdom the hopes the promises of god's kingdom that's how we wait we wait holding on to the promises I'm excited to look at some of the stuff in the future with you that with this little series, I'm going to do some very practical things with you and give you some, I think, practical ideas maybe of some things we can we can do and should be doing. But I believe the spiritual needs to be dealt with first. And we've got to see ourselves in this position and pattern. Jesus is working in. The Lord is working in John 5, 17. It says, my father is always at work to this very day and I'm working too. And we understand and we know 
that he's working to seek and to save the lost. He's working this whole cosmic thing that he's put together to its eternal destiny and end that he has for it. We know that all of that's taking place. And so in the midst of this, we're to walk through this with a stillness before him. Last illustration that in some ways is redundant, but in some ways I think it is better than the hunting illustration because it's on the move. And so I won't belabor it too long, but not only am I a hunter, I'm a fisherman. You do everything you do when you're fishing or hunting, you do when you're fishing, except it's a little different. You're trying to read the water. You're holding on to a pole. You're watching the end of the pole. You're watching, and not only watching, if you know what you're doing and you're any good at it, you're feeling too. You have a hold of the line in such a way you can feel the line so that if for some reason I'm not paying attention, I'm still going to know it. And you're going to know the slightest little bite that you get. And you have you bounced that particular lure off the bottom of that river so many times, you know the difference in the bounce that's the river and the bounce that's the fish. You've been here before. You've done this. And you're walking down that creek bank fishing and everything about you is in tune. Your, your focus is primarily what? On that pole, right? And as you're walking through this world, where's your focus? Primarily has got to be on the Lord. If you're not paying attention there, you may know everything else that's going on around you. You're going to miss it. <coughs> I'm walking that creek bank and as I'm stealthily moving up or down the stream, depending on what I'm doing, I'm looking at where the next cast is going to be, the currents, the patterns, the ripples, how it's going here and there, where, what, what each rock is creating, what each branch is creating, where the bends and the turns are, the slow spots, the fast spots, how to fish each one of them. I'm reading that river as I'm walking down the river fishing, right? But I have that pole in my hand. I'm in one place. I never throw a lure out that I'm not reading the water where I want it to go, where I want it to flow through. Exactly. I mean, I'm on it. And there are better fishermen than me. But if you don't read the water and pay attention to your pole, you don't get it. My favorite story is the one where Ace and I went down to the river and we got there. And every fishing spot was full. And we just sat on the bank, sort of loaded up our lines and got ready to go. Finally, a couple of guys walked out and went on upstream somewhere. And Asa said, you know, he, he said, I'll go down here. And, and, and I went out down here. And one of the guys that had left here, because this guy had left, he walked up there. And so Asa was within talking distance of the guy. I walked down into the spot where the guy had been fishing for 15 minutes while I sat and watched. Threw one cast out. Hung a salmon, brought it to the edge. And he looked over at my son and says, he do that every time? Asa said, every time. I could see what that guy was doing the whole time was wrong. I was watching what he was doing too. I read the water differently. I walked out, focus on the pole, one cast, caught the fish. I'm walking through this world. My focus is on the Heavenly Father. I'm watching other people. I'm reading the, the life. I'm, I'm reading everything around me from God's 
perspective. From the perspective of this pole in my hand and what I'm trying to capture. That's what I'm doing. I am keenly aware of everything around me going on in that river, right? But I never take my focus off of this. If I lay that down and sit there and look, all I'm doing is watching what's going on in the world, right? I've got to hold on to the Lord. And as I move up and down that river fishing it, I'm constantly evaluating it with my pole in my hand, line, line ready to go, hook ready to get out there. Are you tracking with me? This is the kind of being still I think the Lord wants us to do. I'm walking the creek bank. I am in stillness. It isn't quiet. I am hearing it. I'm watching everything. And I'm able to interpret it in terms of my objective, which is the pole in the hand and the fish in the freezer. Listen, we walk through this world taking in everything with our focus on God, with the objective of seeing people freed from the captive captivity of the enemy and redeemed and set right with our heavenly father and he has divine appointments for us he's planted fish in that water that are ripe for the harvest and we walk right by them so often because we're not focused and being aware be still and know that i am god walk through this world in a different way God's doing something. Be still. Know I'm God. You don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You don't know Him as your Heavenly Father. Dude, there is no hope for you. You are one that is held captive by the enemy, you're deceived and you're in his lies. And I am here to tell you, it won't work. The end is going to be frightful. And we're in a day and age and time where it's important to be on the right side. Too many people still got their foot on the clutch. Thinking they'll get to God when they get to it. But right now, the world looks really good. Let me tell you something. The world's not looking so good anymore, is it? And I've tried the world's way and it doesn't work. Just jump on in with both feet. Quit dabbling. Just plunge in over your head. See if you really like it. I am the way, Jesus says. I am the truth, Jesus says. I am the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. You miss God, you miss everything. What good does it do if you gain this whole world and you lose your soul? Those are questions we need to be asking. Jesus loves you, this I know. And he says, whosoever shall call upon my name, call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you for the opportunity today to look into your word. Lord, we need to be still and know that you are God. And then we need to walk through this life in stillness. With the awareness that stillness brings. With the habitual patterns that were formed in our life when we were intentionally still. Let that be the way, Lord, now that we walk through life every single day. Wherever we're at in this progression, Lord, we have... Headway to make. And Father, I just, for those who don't know you, 
that may be listening today online, maybe here, I don't know, Lord, but I have no greater desire than to see them come to know you, Lord. But all we can do is lay your words out there. Whosoever will may come. I get it, Lord. I pray they get it. It's the great invitation for the great sinner to receive great redemption. To be a friend of God. What a privilege. Amen.